things I'll miss about my husband being in another city is listening to he and Chuck on speakerphone. Um, telling jokes and um, but Chuck's just become a mighty man of God he came on a Wednesday night a few years ago and shared a portion of his story and um, my husband already put it in motion that Chuck would come again and we just were able to arrange this date which was miraculous this is a fantastic story we're going to podcast it and we it'll be on the Church of the Harvest page you can share it for those that couldn't be here so this is a beloved what my husband and I would call spiritual son that we love and we believe in he and his family. They were married here. I think Courtney, she was in your wedding, our oldest, and uh, we just think the world of you. But without any further ado, the rest of this service belongs to him. Would you please welcome Chuck Martin? Is that good? Can you hear me? Yes. Can everybody hear me? Yes. All right, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. And we're going to read from God's Word here in a minute. I just want to say, thank God I'm home. We are home. 29 years ago, uh, Christy and I, in February, February 27th, uh, next year, 29 years ago, Pastor Hank married us on this stage right here. And I don't think Christy ever spoke to Pastor Hank again. But he became one of my best friends at that moment. Um, let me know, are you guys ready? You ready to, to uh, read from the Word? Yes, sir. Let's start with Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. But because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. Let's just stop right there. Did he make us alive when we were already here? Come on. Or did he make us alive when we didn't even know he existed? We were dead in our transgressions. I'm sorry. I, the spirit of pastor is coming on me. Um, it is by grace yes. you have been saved. Yes. You have been saved not because of anything that you did. I was saved not because of anything that I did. I was saved because what Christ did. Christ wanted, Christ was the perfection that God demanded. That's right. God doesn't demand perfection from us anymore. He, he only demands progression, Amen. not perfection. And uh, stop, Pastor, I'm trying to preach. Um, and... Let me find my place. Um, and uh, verse 6, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Amen. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of yourselves. It's not your faith, it's the faith that Jesus had. That's right. And not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Um, Pastor, Pastor Rhonda and I, she's right. It's a miracle that I am here today. Uh, Pastor Hank and I had tried to get this together for over a year. That's right. And we needed Pastor Rhonda to finally uh, get it together because we never could. <laughs> Um, so, I'm here. Now, I want to uh, start out. Everybody, look at your thumb. Just, just look at your thumb. You, either one. It doesn't matter. You can look at both of them. You can look at either one of them. You know what that thumb is? That thumb is unique. Hey, Sonia. Hey, Ron. That, that thumb is unique. No one else has this 
thumbprint. You know what that means? That means you are somebody, okay? <laughs> that means that God has chosen you to do something that no one else can do. No one else can do what He has chosen you to do. Now me, I uh, this kind of stuff doesn't bother me at all, being in front of people, public speaking, that kind of thing. I was talking to my guitar instructor, uh, and yeah, I, I started taking guitar. I bought a left-handed guitar. Her name's G-String. It's another story, but... Um, uh, but I started, I started taking guitar. Sean Perkinson, who is another one of my best friends, like Travis, um, he's here today. And um, um, the number one thing that I had to learn when playing the guitar is I have to learn the ability to fail. And I'm here to talk to you today about my failures, not about right. my successes. Right, right. My successes, it's easy. It's easy when you're winning to be humble and say, well, you know, y'all did your best, but the Lord blessed us. Um, that's very easy. But the hardest thing is to be the loser and say, you know, you did really good. You beat us. You, you did what, what you were supposed to do. Well, here's my story. About in 2009... Um, Christy and I had, uh, we had saved up a lot of money from building and selling houses and flipping on, putting them into new houses and doing all that. And um, uh, I guess it was probably 2005, 2006, um, we felt like, hey, you know, we need to just keep doing this, keep going on. And I couldn't hear from God. It was almost like God just turned off the faucet. And it wasn't my fault. I mean, I was praying. I was tithing. I was going to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I was doing everything I was supposed to do. What I didn't know during this time was how arrogant that I had become. Because I knew what was wrong with you. I could tell you what God wanted Mike you to do uh, because I had read his word and I was so up on who God was and what he wanted. But in my own life, I couldn't hear anything. So for four years, I prayed. I, I sought God. And there was no answer. There was, it was crickets. And I said, the, the last prayer that I was ever going to pray, and I was angry, I'll admit. I said, God, it is just like you do not exist. If you it, it did not exist, I would expect these same results. So until you bring me a little wooden cross, just a little wooden cross, anybody can do it. Until you bring me a little wooden cross, I'm going to have to say I'm atheist. I don't believe. Because it's just like you don't exist. And man, I thought I had God on the ropes. <laughs> you know, he was going to be like, oh, oh, we don't want to lose Chuck, so uh, let's, let's, let's bring him a little wooden cross. Well, <laughs> I know. Wouldn't it be awful to lose me? Well, about six months goes by, and I still hadn't received my cross. And um, I thought, you know, um, maybe, maybe it's me. Maybe I need to go to uh, looking at other denominations. Maybe, maybe it's um, this denomination, or, or maybe it's the Methodist, or, or, or the Jehovah's Witnesses, or the Mormons, or the Catholics, or something. It has to be something with me. And I was still almost atheist, but I wasn't quite atheist. And, and, and so I looked at all of these things, and I looked at them. And, and I remember the scripture 
Um, in John chapter 10, verse 16, Jesus said, I have other sheep that you don't know about. And so I knew that we're all, all of us who believe that Jesus Christ, remember Romans 10, 9? This is the Baptist road. You, anybody Baptist? Do we have any Baptists in the audience? <laughs> Romans 10, 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That's all I need to know if you're my brother or sister. If you believe that Jesus Christ, born of a virgin, came down to this earth, lived the perfect life so we didn't have to, was crucified and resurrected on the third day, you're my peeps. That's, that's it. We're all family. John 10, 16 says, we're all family. Jesus said, I got sheep y'all don't know about. I just happen to be one that has already been sheared. Okay? I, I don't know if you can tell from where you're sitting, but I'm starting to lose my hair. So, the, uh, the six months came. Looking at the different denominations, I, I couldn't see any difference. I didn't see anything different. And when I say that, I mean anything spiritually different. I'm not talking about anything physically different. Because churches will say, we've got the truth. And they will say, you have to come to church on Saturday or you're going to hell. And, and they will say, you have to believe in uh, this saint and you need to say this many prayers or you're going to hell. There are so many Christians, and they're Christians. They're saved. They're going to be in heaven with us. But they're telling us we're going to hell because we don't believe like them. Well, guess what? You know what? I don't believe anybody. I can only believe this. I can only believe the Word of God. And God said I was saved by grace through faith, and the faith wasn't even mine. It was His faith. So I was saved. But I didn't know it, and I turned atheist. And so I started looking at why people are atheist. And there's a lot of good reasons to be atheist. I mean, you think about it. You never bother God on his day off, you know. You leave him alone. Uh, there's, uh, uh, you don't have to go to church. Hey, you save 10% of your income if you're atheist. Uh, um, I had, and it's so funny, I have to tell this, I had, uh, <laughs> I had, uh, oh, let me, l l let me say this, let me say this real quick, I, I should have said this in the beginning, a little housekeeping, if there's anything that I say that goes against the teachings of this church, I am wrong, not the church, I am wrong, the reason I say that <laughs> is because I have been in the service where Pastor Rhonda comes up after the speaker. <laughs> Have y'all seen it? Have y'all seen it? She comes up and the speaker's like, oh God, I'll never be invited back here again. As a, I, was in one, I was in one meeting and oh man, it was so funny. I mean, it wasn't funny for him, but it was funny for me. But I didn't laugh until I got in the car. And... Uh, <laughs> And, and the guy was awesome. I mean, he was, he was great. He was, listen, this is the most protected pulpit in Bradley County. You can't just come up here and preach. They don't just say, hey, we're going to get you to come. You, this is protected. This is only after months of prayer will you be able to come up here and do your thing. But this guy was, he was good. <laughs> and I know what he meant. He said, but the way he said it, he said, God doesn't need you to get his word out. God does not need you. He will use the rocks. And he stopped. And I thought, dear Jesus, don't let Pastor Rhonda kill him. Don't, 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 don't let her jump up. Let her wait till the end just to say what, what she's going to say. Pastor, <laughs> and after he was done, Pastor Rhonda got up and she said, um, 
If God didn't need you, you wouldn't be here. <laughs> we would be preaching to a bunch of rocks. And I, I was in the back. I was an usher at the time, and I was in the back. And, and, and uh, I seen that preacher. His face turned totally red, and he was just like, you know. But she said, I know what you meant. But I don't want my congregation, my flock, my family to think that God doesn't need them. Right. If God didn't need us, He wouldn't have sent the perfect sacrifice. Amen. And He wouldn't have created man. Uh, another little side. I'm on my, I promise, I'm on my testimony, but this is just fun for me. Um, <laughs> Have you ever wondered, have you ever wondered um, the difference between men and women uh, in God's sight? Have you ever wondered that? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something that's going to help you, unless I'm going against the teachings of the church and then disregard every bit that I'm about to say. You, you, you know, in Genesis chap uh, chapter, the one I'm talking about, um, God created man and blew the breath of life into him. Amen. And then God said, it is not good for man to be alone. Remember, man was created just like all of the animals, just like all of the fish, all of the birds. We were created from the dust of the earth. But he said, it's not good for man to be alone. And so he put man to sleep. But man had the birth of, of life, the breath of life already inside him when he put man to sleep. So when God created woman, she was created with the breath of life already in her. Good. You ever wonder why women can create life and men are just participants? <laughs> women can create life because she was created with life already in her oh yeah I'm very adorable um, uh, so so I became atheist full blown atheist four years I mean just I mean I, I knew exactly the God that I didn't believe in I knew who it was I, I knew that God did not exist. And um, I had a few people. I had a few people that would call me. Listen, it's hard. I know it's hard to live a Christian life. I know it's hard. And I know we get, get beat down and stuff. But try living an atheist life in Cleveland, Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, it is... Oh, it was awful. I found out. I really did. I found out it was, it, it was great because I had hundreds of friends. I had hundreds of friends. And um, when I was atheist, I had tens of friends. I, had, I, I found out that most of my friends were descendants of Job's, Job's friends. Um, and they did not like what I had to say, so they went on. But I had some friends that called me once a week, once every two weeks. Pastor Hank, um, God love him. Don't cry because I'm not going to cry. Um, I, I, I miss him. I didn't get to, we didn't get to come to his funeral. My wife, is, uh, um, she's taking a medicine. She's in, in, immunocompromised, so I couldn't be in a large crowd. Uh, but I knew that this was ordained. That's why I was here. Um, but... Um, Pastor Hank would call me, and he didn't care that I was atheist. That's right. he, he didn't care that I was spewing all this negative, oh, man, if God existed, then this or that. And he didn't have the answers to a lot of my questions. He said, Chuck, I, I, I don't know. But he would always call me and tell me some stupid joke, just, just <laughs> some stupid joke. He called me at least once a week, once every 10 days. I remember he called me... 
Sister Barb, he called me and he said, uh, Chuck, I've been studying the Word. i got great news for you. I said, what's that, Pastor? He said, there's not going to be any atheist in hell. <laughs> I said, that's good. What, what scripture did you use that? He said, no, no, no. Because as soon as they open their eyes in hell, they're believers then. Uh, oh, yeah, that's my pastor, Hank. That's my pastor, Hank. That's how I knew pastor. But you know what? That was the funniest joke I had heard in a long time. And it was true, and it was funny, and I don't think I cussed him, but I, I think I told him, well, if that's true, that, you know, and, and uh, but that's my pastor, and I could call... I could call pastor, and I could tell him I'm having a bad day, and he would listen uh, and not give me any um, spiritual advice. Just advice that, that was um, for today. It was advice that I could go do something. I, I remember one time I was mad and I told Pastor, and I'm sorry I'm talking about Pastor so much, but I, I, uh, um, I told Pastor, I said, Pastor, God does not exist. Pastor said, I don't have any problem with that. I said, no, Pastor, you got to understand, I just said God does not exist. He said, yeah, I heard what you said. Yeah, I don't have any problem with that. And I, which, which upset me because I would think that he would be upset at that. That's the whole reason I said it in the beginning was to upset Pastor Hank. I said, Pastor Hank, what are you talking about? Which I said it in a different way, but Pastor Rhonda's sitting right there. So, Pastor, what are you talking about? He said, I'm telling you, when you find your place, yourself in a place that does not exist, God will be there as well. Well, I didn't think so at the time. It ticked me off. I mean, it was... It, <laughs> Pastor, uh, but he... Oh, I love him so much. And, and, and um, I have to... Uh, um, Pastor Rhonda told me, she said, hey, we've, we need uh, 30, 35 minutes. And so I practiced, I practiced, Christy and I have been on vacation for five days down in, in Rosemary Beach, Florida. We just got back. I thought we were going to get divorced because apparently five days with me is a little too much for anybody. Uh, but, um, and so during that five days, I... Spent several hours getting us down to 35, 30 minutes. And um, I, uh, you, you, ever, you ever wondered why God said in Revelation uh, 3.15, God said, I would rather you be hot or cold. But if you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. So uh, it never hit me at the time. Pastor told me, he said, no, God ordained you to be atheist. And I'm like, ordained me to be atheist because God's not the God of logic. I mean, if, if God was the God of logic, we wouldn't need him. We have logic. But God takes a widow woman who has one handful of meal and a little bit of oil and a prophet comes to, to her and says, well, go ahead and make me a cake before you make your son and you a cake, and because they, she said, we're just going to make a cake, and then we're going to die. Right, that's right. That's not logical, but it doesn't have to make sense because it is done. God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Yes, yes, yes. And so I was, and and believe me, Pastor was one of the foolish things of the world. Uh, he. <laughs> confounded me in all my wisdom by being so normal, by telling me he was there for me. Now, I had, I had several people that were there for me, and several people here, David May. David May called me every, 
He called me at least once a week, and he had plenty of stuff he was going through at the time, and he would listen to all my garbage, and he would say, you know, I don't know about that, Chuck, but if you don't mind, can I pray for you? He'd always ask me, if you don't mind, can I pray for you? And, and I'd say, yeah, yeah, go ahead and pray for me. You know, it, it, it's not going to do me any good. He said, well, it'll do me good. And um, Steve Black, Steve Black's here, and like you were saying, Steve was, he was one of the people that, that stayed right there with me. There were very few. Um, the majority of, don't get me wrong in how I say this, because I'm not talking about, um, about how you, th I'll explain it. The majority of Christians and preachers abandoned me when I was an atheist. But that's not God's fault. Those Christians are people. They're people. Just like us, we're people. So it does, it's not a reflection on God. It's who people are. And they believe they were doing the right thing. So I don't blame them. But when I was at my worst, Christy and I, I, I was atheist for four years, and, and Christy had married a, a, a Christian man. And, um, and now I was atheist, and I was talking against Christianity and against God, and... and um, it got so bad that I left. I left her. She never left me. She never stopped praying for me. I think sometimes she prayed, take him home, Lord, he's ready, but she prayed. <laughs> she never stopped praying for me. And she never stopped... Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop there, but, but um, she continued on. And I left her. I moved into a one-bedroom studio apartment. And this is four years later, and I was not, I wasn't even um, thinking about the prayer that I had prayed, God, bring me a little wooden cross, because I was done with all that. It didn't happen. I was finished. So I was, I was, um, I, I was happy to be an atheist. As happy as an atheist can be, you know, I had joined groups, you know, that, that were atheist groups. And they're like, come on down to the front and we're not going to do anything because nothing's going to happen. <laughs> and, you know, it's hard to be an atheist, you know. There's nothing there. I'm hilarious. Um, so, I had been... I had asked for a little wooden cross. I never told anybody. And it's so funny. Uh, David May kept saying, hey, well, well, what was the fleece that you put before God? I, I'm not going to tell you, David. It, it doesn't matter. God knows it. If, if, um, if God is real, he can do whatever. By the way, um, language is very difficult to express the things of God. And... I don't know how many times we have said, oh, it was just like, it was just like, and that's one thing that, that atheists get hung up on is, is the Bible where, when the Bible says uh, Joshua prayed and the sun stayed, um, atheists say, well, that's the only, that, that's impossible. Uh, if the earth quit moving, um, you would fly off of it and all of that. But they never take into account that that was just one man saying the sun stayed, but he didn't know how it happened or, or what happened. He said the sun stayed. Well, I can submit to you that I know how the sun stayed because Paul said it, when God came to him, he didn't know if it really happened or if it was in the Spirit. And so... 
Joshua, when he prayed, it didn't matter if the sun stayed physically in this world or if it happened in the spirit and they were allowed to, to win the battle. And so I, um, I was alone. I was in my, my little one-bedroom studio apartment, which apparently it was not, not a great place to, to be. Um, and um, I was asleep. And I felt like I just needed to get up. It wasn't like something said, Thou shalt getteth up, or nothing like that. Not like that. Because that would have scared me. Um, I just felt like something said, get up. And, and like an unction, just like, you know, oh, I need to check and make sure the, the stove's off so I don't burn the house down. Right. Or my hair straightener's unplugged. <laughs> no. Okay, not my hair straightener, <laughs> but the hair straightener's unplugged. Um, I just felt like, get up, get up. So I got up, and I went to this closet that I had never opened in my little one-bedroom studio apartment. I knew what it was. It was where the in inside, Pastor Tim, in inside heating and air conditioning unit was. I knew what it was. It had the, the louvers and everything for the return air and everything. And I opened it up, and I reached in, and right on the top, I pulled out a little wooden cross. And I fell to my knees, and I said, God, you are real. Oh, Lord, my God, you're real. the Holy Spirit started coming to me like the waves of the ocean. I could feel the waves just, just coming over, coming, coming, coming to me. And it wasn't condemnation. It wasn't God was not cleansing me from anything. I could see in my... I could look at my hands and I could see them, but I could see every cell in my body was being cleansed by the Holy Spirit. And how I know it was the Holy Spirit was He wasn't talking about Himself. He was pointing me toward Jesus. And I saw Jesus stand up in the, in the middle of the storm in the ocean and say, Peace be still. And I didn't say a word. The alabaster box was broken. The fragrance of the Spirit of God was all around me. And I don't want to call it water, but the waves kept coming over me and over me until I was totally engulfed in this golden love. It was love. It was love. And we don't have another word for what this was, but it was total acceptance. Amen. I could see that I was accepted by His grace and His loving kindness. And it was Him that was doing it all. I hadn't done anything to deserve this. If anything, I had done, I had, I had done enough to be sent straight to hell, but that wasn't in God's plan for me. God came to me and He said, you are worthy, not because of what you do. You are worthy because you accepted my son's sacrifice years ago on the cross. And that don't go away. When Jesus died on the cross, He didn't just die for everything that happened back then. He died for everything that's happening right now. And He died for everything that's going to happen. Now, does that give us a license to sin? No, it doesn't. But it does give us a license. Remember, God wants... He's got perfection. Perfection came. That's right. God wants progression. 
Just progress. If you're like me and you cuss all the time, and Pastor Rhonda asked you to speak, and, and your main prayer is, please, Lot, don't let me cuss, Lord, please, whatever. <laughs> it's progression. You don't cuss, it's progression. And that will be perfection, because I'm scared of Pastor Rhonda. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, when I was in that state, God brought so many things, so many answers. Before I could ask the question, I had the answers. God gave that to me. He gave me that. And I thought about Daniel chapter 10, verse 12, where the, the angel came to Daniel and said, You know what? The very first day that you prayed... God gave me the answer. But I was delayed. Sometimes the enemy is the inner me. Right, that's right. We get in God's way. Amen. And listen, I, I just want to tell you, I mean, some of this stuff that, you know, we've been that people preach, I don't get, I don't understand. You know, people say, love the sinner, hate the sin. I don't have time to hate all y'all's sin. I really don't. I've got enough sin on myself that I barely can hate my own sin, much less some of you people. Some of you people, it'd take me the rest of my life just to find out what your sins are, to hate them. So let's make a deal. Okay? Y'all hate your own sin, and I'll hate my sin, and we'll just love each other. How's that? Is that good? So I took that cross, and I, and I put it in my, in my uh, chest of drawers, and, and I closed it. And I was so drained. I, I had been in the presence of the Holy Spirit who had loved me so much that I had to ask Him because it kept coming. I had to ask the Holy Spirit, please, either take me on or just or back off because my body's going to explode. It was love. It was that much love that you, you, you can't explain it. You can't explain it in English and you can't explain it in Spanish. You, you can't, exp there are no words to explain this. So I was weak. I had to go back to bed. I put the cross in my chest of drawers and I, and I closed it up and I said, it'll be there in the morning. And I laid down and I got the best sleep I had had in, in, since I could remember. Not just four years, but since I could remember. And when I woke up the next morning, I thought, okay, I'm going to go to that cross. I'm going to get that cross. I'm going to take it to Christy. And all of a sudden, she's going to be like, yay, okay, we can get back together. That's not quite what happened. I, uh, um, she didn't quite believe um, that I, uh, it, well, I mean, that's a crazy, listen to that. I mean, do you believe that story? It happened. I can't prove to you that happened, but I can stand in front of you and, and tell you it happened. And I wouldn't be here if it didn't. And so I opened up that chest of drawers and I looked for that cross and that cross was not there. And I was like, but I know that happened. Was it physical? Was it in the spirit? The cross isn't there. But I knew, I knew every detail about what it is, but the cross was gone. Sometimes we look for things in the physical to prove spiritual things, but it doesn't happen that way. That's right. I went to Christy, and Christy was the only person I told about that experience. And she really didn't care at the time, but... Um, she had been with four years of a guy who would just 
say garbage and atheist and all this stuff. So she needed time herself. Because we're human. But we're family. We are all family. And, and, And so... I knew that that would happen. Now, my Gracie girl, uh, my youngest daughter, Gracie, she, um, um, I told her I was taking her to a, a basketball game, and I told her, Gracie, this is what happened to me, and she was all excited. Oh, man, that's great. That's great, Daddy, whatever. And uh, so she's going to cheer, and I'm going to sit in the stands, and a, and a preacher Chris and Davy Brooks. I don't know if you if you know Chris and Davy Brooks, but Chris, Chris came up to me that night, and he said, "Listen, God told me to give you something." Now he didn't know that I was no longer an atheist because I had told him that I was an atheist, and and we had had many debates about it. He said, "God wants me to give you this cross." And it had Psalms 91.1. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I had just told Gracie on the way to this basketball game, so I started boo-hooing. She went to Grace Academy. So I started crying, and I held it up to Gracie, and Gracie was out cheerleading, and she started crying. Well... All the other cheerleaders are like, what's wrong? And, and she told them, so they all started crying. And I know the people on the other side, because Grace Academy's not a very good basketball team, were thinking, my God, these people are really taking this game pretty hard. And about a month later, I'm a real estate appraiser. I'm, I, I, I appraise houses for a living. And about a month later, I was in Dayton. And I met, um, met a man named Albert Arnold. You can look him up. Albert Arnold. He said, um, you know, you, you appraise in a bunch of different counties, don't you? And I said, well, sure, yeah, I'm, I'm all over everywhere. And he said, well, I want you to help me with something. And I said, well, if I can, you know, I'll help you with whatever. And he took me into his office, and he reached down into uh, a box and he pulled out a handful of little wooden crosses. He said, uh, I don't know what you'll say when you hand these out, but God laid on my heart four years ago to make a cross a day, every day, and I haven't been released since. And, of course, I boo-hooed again. <laughs> and I told him, and, and I don't remember the exact day that I prayed the prayer that I, was going to be my last prayer. Pastor Rhonda, that was going to be it. But I do know the month, and I do know the year. And it was the same month and the same year, and I believe it was the same day that he started making that cross, just wow. like Daniel Chapter 10, verse 12, God had the answer yes. right there. And not only the answer, and this is how you know it's, it's God. Not only was it enough for me, but it was enough exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think. That's how I knew that it was God. And that's what I'm here to tell you, we're not, none of us have arrived. None of us, none of us are there yet. God said in this, in this world, you shall have tribulation, John 16, but be of good cheer. Now that don't make sense. If I'm going to have tribulation, I want to be mad. I think I've deserved the right to be mad. (laughs) But he says, be of good cheer. We're going to have it. There's going to be things that we don't understand. There are going to be times that the devil's going to come to you, Ron, and, and, and say, you know, you're not doing enough. You could have done more. But that's the devil. God would tell you exactly what to do and do not act 
until God tells you to act. Don't do something out of the flesh because that's what I did. And it cost me four years of my life and almost my marriage because I was trying to do it in my own flesh. So the good thing is, and I want to, I, I want to do this. We still have the offering plates up here. And I want to tell you this one story because I, I want you to know this. We can think that we're in the worst situation uh, financially that we've ever been in. But did you know if you have a $10 bill in your pocket, you are richie, richer than 90% of the earth? That's right. 90% of the population of the earth That's right. makes less than $10 a year. Now, God has given me these crosses as a donation. He's giving an offering to you. This is free. This is yours. I'm going to set it right here. But I do not want you to miss giving to God. If you want to, it's going to stay here. It is, it's going to go 100% to the ministry of the church of God, I, or to the church of God, to the church of, to the church of God of the harvest. It's going 100%, it's staying right here. I'm not taking a penny of this. This is between you and God. The crosses are free, but you are going to have to get them. The crosses are not anything to hold when you're praying there's something to look at to know that no matter even if you are an atheist and have totally rejected God God can still answer your prayer so pastor if you want to come up you want to is there anybody here let me let me just pray real quick is there anybody here that feels like that you've been abandoned? You feel like, you know what? I mean, there's something in my life that I just, I can't, I can't do it by myself, and I need God. Is there anybody like that? Just uh, every head bowed, every eye closed. Just, just, just lift up your hand. I see those, I see those. Is there anybody here that says, you know, things didn't work out the way that I thought they were supposed to logically by me reading the Bible and thinking I had the Bible figured out? Is there, is there anything that would, anybody here that would say, you know, I need prayer. I need to be able to trust more in Jesus. Jesus, remember is our sacrifice. Jesus is the perfection. We are just the progression. Now I'm going to pray for you guys. And if you feel like it, if you feel like coming up to the altar and making it right with God, it's not between anybody else but you and God. Come on up here. And pray. Nobody's going to bother you. Nobody's going to pressure you to do anything. You can do it seated right where you're at. But this day has been ordained. You are here for a reason. I want you to come up and get a cross. And I want you to take that cross and remember that God answered my prayer even after I quit praying it four years earlier. And just take that cross. It, 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 you may not want it. You don't have to take it. But it is God's offering to His congregation, to His people. God is here. Father, I thank You for this ability that You have given me, this opportunity to be here, to be home, to be here after 
29 years of being away. I thank you, God, that you are working in the lives, in the hearts of everyone who is here. And I thank you, God, that your relationship with them, I, I know you said the kingdom of heaven is within you. So you are working with each of them just as, as unique as their thumbprints are. You are working with each of them in your own way. And I thank you for that. God, we love you. And we thank you for this time that we have had together. And we pray that you'll go with us through the week. But God, help us with our unbelief. Help us with, our, with, with the doubts that we have, with thinking that we knew exactly what your will was and, and we didn't know. But we thought we were and it made us mad. God, thank you for all the goodness that you have given us. Thank you for putting us in the richest country in the entire world. And we apologize that we've been spoiled. We didn't know. We, we didn't know we were spoiled. Father, we pray that, that you help us and guide us in our finances. And we pray that, that you would let us minister where we are at to whom we are with. And we promise we'll quit trying to quit the job that you have ordained for us to be because you want us to minister to that one person that we may not know who it is. And then you're going to promote us to our next job. Father, we thank you that you are real. We thank you that you are real. And that you said you would never leave us nor forsake us. And you never have. And you never will. We thank you, Lord, that you are awesome. And awesome is, doesn't even describe, doesn't even begin to describe the love that I felt. The love that you are, the love that you love each and every one of us with. You gave your firstborn son, only begotten son, as your tithe to us to live a perfect life because you knew we couldn't. We praise you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.